Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So, as I said in the last episode, this episode is about a Guild Hunter book, a book by Nalini Singh, Archangel's Light, my friends. This episode is about Archangel's Light by Nalini Singh, book number 14 in the Guild Hunter series. It came out October 26, 2021, and I was up at midnight making sure it downloaded onto my phone so that I could read it. I actually, I actually didn't start reading right away because I had to go to work the next day and I had to go into the office I believe that day so I actually um didn't I actually went to bed I made sure that it was on my phone and all that I went to bed then I might have at work taken longer breaks of just looking at my phone to read but whatever you know it is what it is and I'm pretty sure that I finished it the very next day. Like, I'm pretty sure I started on the 26th and was had finished it uh, on the 27th. And part of that is because I am always so, so excited for the book that I'm just, re- like, I am just racing through it because I'm like, what comes next? What comes next? What comes next? What comes next? Um, and then I get to the very last page and I'm just like, oh my God, the brilliance. But why is it over? But when is when is the rest? And then I have to like remind myself that, you know, the next book will be next year. And so maybe I shouldn't have sped read, but oh well. So I definitely, you know, was like, I'm going to reread for the podcast because I want to go through this again and see what I might have missed. Also look at what I have already previously highlighted in the first read through to see like, oh, does that still is do I still feel impacted in the same way that I did when I first read it, which is why I highlighted kind of thing. So, I mean, if you've ever listened to any of the Nalini Singh episodes, I am a stan. Obviously, I'm not going to be objective about this. I think everything she writes is brilliant. So, if you're like, hmm, well, I don't know about that. I mean, that's what I'm going to say. I'm never not going to say that. Sorry. This book was more than I, what I could have expected, right? Um, when it became clear that this was going to be Ilium and Aldon, I was very excited. I know that there were people in the fandom or the community, whatever word you want to use, who were not excited. Uh, there were people who were like, there's no way they can be together. That's weird. That's gross. Um, they, they're brothers. And I was like, okay, but they're not actually, they're not blood related at all. But they grew up like brothers. I'm like, mm, okay, that's okay. And, um, so I understand that for some people, this was like, oh, why? Uh, there, I recall people thinking that like this book was that maybe Ilium was gonna not Ilium oh that maybe Aradon was gonna end up with Suyin right they're both artists they both you know went through horrible things and I was kind of like that seems a little too too easy 
too obvious. Um, and luckily, that's not what happened. So anyway, aside from the fact that there were many people who, or maybe there weren't that many people, but there were enough people making noise that were like, Nair. I wasn't one of them. Because again, I feel that every time she gives us a story, she gives us a story. So I was like, whatever she craps is going to be amazing. So I'm just going to, you know, let her crap what she craps. Because this is why she is the leading singer. I'm just a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, then the cover came out, right? And the North American cover was stunning. Like, on honestly speaking, for the series, I think it's my favorite cover of them all, right? Um, it is it is a beautiful cover. It is a beautiful... If you have not seen it, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's the cover of the podcast episode, so I'm if you weren't sure, that's what it is. It's stunning. I mean, the international or the UK cover is also really, really nice. But I will say that for me, the North American cover, absolute excellence. So I was even more excited. That cover, I was like, okay, okay. And I got that book and I read it. And I was like, how does she do this? How does she continuously give us stories that are so well-crafted and touch on so many things that I was like, wow, you're probably like, Uh, so I'm going to obviously, since the book is still very new, going to do my best not to spoil and there'll be a spoiler section, but I think one of the things that I absolutely loved about this book is the fact that we, because when we start the series, um, we definitely meet Ilium in book one, right? We meet Ilium in Angel's Blood. I don't remember what book we meet out on, but we definitely meet Ilium in Angel's Blood. Um, So in some ways, it might be easy to think that these are two characters we've been seeing throughout this series. This is now book 14. We know them. And Nalini Singh was like, well, you know what I've wanted you to know. You know what they have shared, but you don't know them. Know them. So this book, we get to see the past, right? We get to see how that past has shaped these two men into the men that they are today or where we're meeting them right at this point in their story um and it's so much about relationships and the ways in which relationships shift and change and grow right and even within all of that the ways in which there can be periods where things feel uncomfortable and feel frustrated and feel full of friction that doesn't mean that the relationship is ending it is hitting a rough patch because nothing can be you know motherfucking roses and daisies and you know rainbows and unicorn tears there will be points in relationships where things 
don't seem to really be gelling, don't seem to be flowing, aren't easy or difficult or painful. And yet, if the two people in the relationship are willing to do the work of having the difficult conversations, of confronting the issues head on, what comes after that is infinitely more beautiful, infinitely more layered, and there is a depth that's created. And that is when you're able to then look back at, you know, both romantic and platonic relationships that have, you know, a richness to them, a depth to them, have had those moments that are low, those moments that are medium, those moments that are high. Um, and seeing that on the page. And what something that I thought was interesting, as I did it, it, it like kind of tickled the back of my mind in my first read-through, but definitely stood out more in my second read-through. When we start this book, right, Ilium and Aldon are not in the same physical space at the beginning of the book. Ilium is still in New York, has been in New York, helping to put New York back together after the war. And Aldon is in China, helping Suyin put China back together after the war. And... For some reason, it also made me think of our current sort of um, landscape in that a lot of people have had to figure out how to navigate relationships with loved ones being physically separated because of pandemic um, restrictions, regulations, and changes, right? For the longest, for, for quite a while, you know, international travel wasn't an option. Even traveling within your own country was very difficult. So if you had loved ones, whether they were your best friend, your sister, your cousin, your husband, your wife, your children, you were separated um, and you just couldn't be in the same, you know, physical space together. You could do things virtually, whether... You had the technology to do things like Zoom calls and FaceTimes and Google Meet calls or sending letters or sending text messages, whether through a cell phone or WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or even the Instagram DMs. But for a lot of us, and I'm including myself, you couldn't just be like, it had been pre-pandemic where it's like, as soon as I want to go see you, you know, assuming one has the finances and all it does, one just goes, it, we had a period where that wasn't even an option. And so then it's like, what is it like when you've had this long period of not being around one another and maybe things have cropped up, maybe, you know, the things that, you know, make it, uh, what is it I'm trying to say? Because you aren't seeing each other on the daily like you maybe were or on a much more regular basis, and again, along with 
all of the emotions about what is going on. What does it then look like when you do get to be in contact, in, in, not in contact, in the presence of that person in the same physical space, right? And that for me, like that immediately, I was like, ooh, um, interesting. Because I think that um, if you've had a friend or a romantic partner that you ended up being separated from for a good portion of this pandemic, um, I wonder if you might read this book and immediately see yourself in either Ilium or Haudan or or really see how the changes in their um, dynamic also were present in the changes in the dynamic that you had with your loved ones. Um, um, so th- this book, this book also makes me think of, I don't think it's a, um, a new entryway. Actually, no, that's not what I mean. Sorry, my brain was like words, and then I was like, not those words, wrong words. Um, we got a lot of information in this book, and I mean a lot of information. Um, I feel like in Archangel Sun, we started to see, you know, the hummingbird, you know, Shireen's past. And of course, that means we see some of Ilium's past. But in this book, we read, like, we get so much information about Ilium and Aodon's past. But I also think that there's still so much more. And because the war has ended and this world is now in this new transition phase of figuring out what life is now going to be like now that we are not at war, now that Lijuan has finally been defeated and everyone is trying to make sense of what happened and rebuild. This pairing at this moment feels like a way to be like, you met Raphael and Elena and you met the characters of this world and now we are in a new world almost. And I say a new world, not in like a complete new world, but a new world in that it, the world in, the way the world looks in Archangel's Light is a complete 180 from what the world looked like in Angel's Blood when we first started. So to me, Ilium and Aodon felt like they will be, you know, the pairing that will sort of guide us into this, into what a post Lijuan, a post-war guild hunter world looks like. And as, and that for me, I was like, oh, okay. I'm really, 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 really curious and really, really, really excited. Um, And I think that being able to see, you know, um, being able to see the other members of the Seven through the eyes of Ilium and Aladon's past selves was also such, like, a fascinating and a wonderful gift, right? Because being able to see what Dimitri, Raphael, 
Gail and, and Nasir specifically um, were like admit to these two men, right? And Venom, I believe, Venom is di- that's different because Venom shows up. Because Venom is he? I think he's two hundred years old, if I recall correctly. And these guys are five hundred ish, so they're older. So uh, Venom was obviously never a part of their past. But Nasir was, right? Nasir was there when they were, you know, baby angels. Um, Dimitri was there when they were baby angels. Galen was there when they were, you know, they were present for Galen getting together with Just Me. Um, And so because Nalini Singh often shows us the world that we're inhabiting, through characters it of course makes complete sense that we get to see these slices of the past through the eyes of these characters and like what that looks like and some of this stuff is stuff that has been hinted at or spoken of in some way previously right we'd heard the story of how Ilium had lost his wings um but we'd always heard it very specifically from Raphael's viewpoint and more so in you know the explanation given to like Elena um or if he had like kind of alluded to it or spoken of it but actually being in that past moment and understanding what led to that and how who Ilium was at the time when those things happened all of that I feel like when you've read all of the books, so you get to this, you know, book 14, this then helps to really enrich, you know, that past. I also wonder, for people who haven't read the series, how might the series, like, what kind of richer tapestry might you have if you were to read this book first and then go back and read the others. And I only say that because I feel like we see so much of the past um, and we understand, we learn so much about their shared past and how that ties into Shireen and everything. And that information, I think, would only, I think, help enrich the rest of the series. Like, I don't, like, I would never say to someone, don't read this book. Because I feel like, for example, Archangel's War, I would, don't start with that. It, none of it's going to really make sense to you, I don't think. Because you're not really going to understand why we got to the point that we did. I don't think that about Archangel's Light. I think you could start at book 14 and go back. And I think that starting at book 14 and going back, would be really fascinating because then you start to having all of this information about the past and then you start where you know the series started as a reader you're going to have all of this information already and of course you might be like no that's that messes with my mind absolutely not but I do there's something about this book that feels very like a new beginning right and 
you've read her side, Changeling, right? Um, Silver Silence was something similar. And so I'm wondering if that's... And I think it's because um, the overarching question went after, you know, the first book was, you know, Li Juan is out here being insane. What What is going to happen? You know, because if she isn't stopped the world as everyone knows it will cease to exist. So she needs to be stopped. Well, at this point she has been stopped. So now what, what is next? Of course, rebuilding. That looks different, right? Rebuilding is different from build, you know, preparing for war. Um, so I'm really, really fascinated um, by how this book feels like this new it feels like a new and fresh start, even as it brings us so far back into the past. But again, understanding and knowing all of that past history then allows for this present day story to begin. Um, and I was very, very happy about that. I'm very on board. Um, and I just, it felt so, I don't want to say rich, because I, I feel like I've said that already, and that's not what I mean. But it, it was, as I was reading, especially through my second reread, I was like, oh, I see so many of the different pieces coming together right I I I see the past giving shape to this present and I'm much better able to understand what is happening because of having seen what is past and I also think um Seeing, you know, Aldon and Ilium, right? Baby Sparkles and Baby Blue from when they're so, so small. And then just that progression of being really, really young baby angels and then, you know, getting older, you know, learning to fly, um, all of that. Being able to see that and not just it be told to us, right? Like, oh, they used to, you know, obviously be baby angels, but actually seeing those moments was so, so, so cool. Like, I was like, oh, yes. Um, because it's those little things, those little moments that build and build and create, you know, the relationships and the will create the bonds that tie characters and people together, right? You know, people's relationships aren't just made up of big, um, grand moments. It's a lot of the little things um, that all together, right, create this, this present picture of, of, no, not a present picture. So I'm like, it's not a static drawing. But all of those little moments 
are what lead to these bonds. And the bonds between specifically Ilium and Adon, but also the bonds between, you know, Raphael and Ilium and Adon, and Dimitri and Ilium and Adon, and Galen, it, like, we see so much of how the seven are the seven, right? I mean, technically the six, because we don't really see Venom. I forgot, we do have mention of Jason. Um, and again, I think it's because Venom, being the youngest, is just not a part of their past because he was did not exist at this time. So, kind of hard. Um, but yes, I absolutely loved it. Now, I really don't think there's much more I can say. That wouldn't get hella spoilery. So I'm going to pause here. Then when I come back, I'm spoiling it to hell and back. So again, if spoilers are, you know, make you want to shrivel up and die, you're going to want to skip, skip that part and come back to it once you've read the book. Um, and do I recommend you read the book? Of course I recommend you read the book. <laughs> um, I love it. And I'm probably going to reread it again in a few weeks because I enjoyed it so much. So I'm pausing here and I'll be right back. For spoilers, spoilers of Archangel's Light by Nalini Singh. So, if you don't want spoilers of Archangel's Light, you can stop listening. I'm just saying, you don't want them. But hopefully, you've already read the book, in which case, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. So, Archangel's Light, Ilium Audon. Um, as I said at the beginning, I was very excited um, for this pairing. I was like, I want to see how this goes. This book gave us so much, so much. We get to see how Sparkle and Bluebell meet, right? How they become friends, how they hang out. Um, weirdly enough, I don't know why. I hadn't really ever thought about Adam's, like actual family, um, but we meet his parents. Um, there's... There's a scene of him talking to his sister. Um, we get so much of their past and their history. And it is, I personally thought it was so necessary to have that information because at the moment in, you know, the present day of the story, Ilium and Adan's relationship is at, I don't wouldn't say it's at a crossroads, but there are issues, Right. Ilium honestly shows up in China thinking that his friendship with Aodon is over. And Aodon is kind of like, mm, I'm not sure what's going on here, but why he got problems. And as I mentioned earlier, they had been having, um, ever since the scene in the, when they were at the um, Raphael's house in the, you know, enclave before the house disappeared or whatever, uh, where Audon had mentioned that, like, he'd gotten information through, like, you know, the contact of, um, I think, the, the healer who manipulated him, and Ilium had, like, jumped down his throat, and he had sort of freaked out, like, I, you know, stop basically babying me. 
there was definitely tension there. And I think that one of the things we get to see in this book is we get to see, right, we get to really understand what happened to Aodan. Because this is book 14, and we know that Aodan went through something absolutely horrific, was, you know, that, you know, was life-altering, but we've never known the details. We've never known the full extent, the story behind it. We learn that, right? We also know that Ilium has gone through stuff, but because Ilium has always and is just as really, like, he's a character that's so filled with, you know, this joy for living, it is, I think, easy to forget how much tragedy um, he has had to deal with. And so as we get all of this, all of their backstory and all of this information about these two characters and how that past has shaped them into not only the men that they are, right, but also how it has impacted their relationship and what might need to change to go forward, right, into a a new direction, Um, I absolutely was like, yes. Um, Because even if we hadn't had scenes of previous um, tensions between Bluebell and Sparkle, they've currently spent a significant amount of time apart, right, with Ilium in New York, first regrowing his wings and then helping um, New York come back from, you know, the ravages of the war. And Aladon has been in China uh, working with Sugin, acting as essentially her second. Um, and just that distance in that space, right, uh, can allow and does allow for you know, friction, um, because it's easy to not, it's easy to think that maybe some things are in your head, right, when there's so much distance between you and this other person in the relationship, all right, and it's easy to then assign motives or reasons for both their actions and their, you know, lack of action, um, and both of them do it, right? Ilium is like, he hasn't reached out. He doesn't want to reach out. He does, he's, he's basically, you know, doesn't want to be my friend, just hasn't straight up said it. And now it was like, he was, you know, reaching out, but then he stopped reaching out and he doesn't listen to me and hear me. Um, and I don't understand, you know, what the issues are. So we have all of that going on. And then, of course, there is the backdrop of, you know, they're in China, you know, this land that Li Zhuan, you know, ruled for, you know, centuries. And, of course, there have to be, there has to be something weird and fucked up because, of course, you know, that goddamn troll bitch could it of course of course there has to be something horrifying um and i think that 
because we get to see so much of Ilium and Aodon as children, right? And they, both of them are raised by parents who really, well, Ilium is raised by Shireen, because Aegean or Ajeon, however you say that, is terrible. And I'm like, sir, if you could just, I don't know, fall off a cliff and die, but he's an archangel, so it's a little needs to be a little bit more complex, but whatever. Um, but we get to see Shireen and then uh, Adam's parents raising the two of them with so much love, care, affection, with, you know, and we also see, like, how Raphael and Dimitri and Galen and Nasir, you know, interact with them as they are, you know, essentially baby angels. And so we have this picture painted for us of the way in which an angelic child should be treated, should be cared for, should be raised. And as in all things, Lijuan does the cruelest, awfulest, if that's a word, type of thing to an angelic child. And it is, it's sad because as much as it's clear that she was, you know, evil incarnate, encountering, you know, the child is like, wow, you know, for no matter who you are, even if you had a glimmer of hope that she wasn't a literal demon spawn, um, she clearly is, she clearly is, and it was so... The juxtaposition, I think, was very striking. And I think, I I mean, I hope that that was done on purpose, right? To be like, this is how it should be. And then look at how, once again, she has taken something that should be filled with joy, right? The birth of... Because one of the things that has been explained throughout the series is that, you know, angels and archangels are immortal but they're they also don't like breed like bunnies right they're not just out here like every time we do it a baby's born like no it's more of like you can go hundreds of years without a child um Aladon is actually an example of that his parents had had their their daughter his older sister and assumed that that was it for them and then he showed up and they were like we're parents again we haven't been parents in forever and we're very confused, right? Shireen is an example of that. Her parents had her and I think they had her at such a late point in their immortal life that they were like, but we tired. Oh, like they went to sleep before she was fully grown. So annoying. But anyway, um, so we keep, we've been shown all of these examples of how important angelic children are and how they aren't just, you know, um, they aren't just like a, you know, uh, no, what's the word? They, they, they don't just like happen out of, you know, like, like easily, like it, you know, all of these factors 
Ellie Juan had a child and locked them up. Their, her child had never flown, had wings that couldn't fly, was locked in an underground cell. Yes, it was spacious and there was a bed and this, that, and the other, but, and it's just like, you did that to your own flesh and blood because you were so convinced you were a goddess. And then it's like, what would she have done to this child had she not been killed? Had she won that war? It it was such a, it was so, so like heart-wrenching. And of course the child having grown in the, having led the life that it has led, has what looks like to be a split personality. Um, One personality is very submissive and quiet. The other personality murdered an entire hamlet of people. Granted, these people were, you know, his jailers, but still, it's very... It's very dark, right? It felt very dark. And I think that um, it's also, I feel like that part of the story is also shows us an example of like the strength of Aodon's character because Aodon, I mean, yes and no, right? Because Aodon was kept captive for 23 months, so almost two years. Um, the boy's name, I think it's Junhai, is the submissive um, personality, and Quan is the the you know murderous personality. Has been in captivity his entire life. He no, does not know anything but that. So that is is different in that respect. But for for Aodan and Suyin. And for most of the character, for the characters who are aware of this young man or young boy, there's the knowledge that, you know, what could his life have been like had he not been um, kept in captivity in the way that he was? And as horrifying as it is what he has done, um, because, like, he kills them and he skins them. And then he, like, wanted to wear their skins. But I also think, like, why would, you know, that is the kind of thought process that someone who has been completely isolated in the way that they have been would come across. And who's, like, probably only interaction with people outside of his guards are his insane mother. Um, It's like, what could he become or could he have been had he been allowed to grow up? in the way that both Ilium and Adelon got to grow up, right? With love, with trust, with care. Um, so I was just like, damn. Like, oof. Because um, that part, it was like one of those things where I was like, I think when I first read it through, I was like, wow. But when I read it through the second time, I was like, oh, I see, you know, what should have happened for, you know, Jinhai and didn't. And how how devastating that is. Um, again, 
because angels are out here popping babies like like that it's it's definitely um much much harder the other thing that i think we get to really um sort of see um and focus on a bit is the realization that evil isn't just a lujuan, right? Evil isn't just someone who is like, I'm a goddess, the goddess of death, and here I am to rule the world. Evil is also, you know, the man and woman who grabbed him, um, who kidnapped him, and tortured him, and, you know, abused him for 23 months. Um, Evil is the healer who was trying to manipulate him. Um, Evil can have such a banal face. It doesn't have to be horrific and terrifying looking. It can look like, you know, a regular person. And that can be difficult um, because it is so much, it's so much easier to A, blame yourself for not noticing um, and also it feels then like, okay, well then if the evilness, the badness of people is within these faces where it isn't apparent, where it isn't obvious, then, like, how do you combat that? How do you deal with that? Does that mean that you are flawed because you couldn't see their evilness until it was too late? Um, And I think for him, it's that realization of, like, there is no way to have known, unfortunately, and it's hard because I think for both Adon, because one of the thing, other things that we get to see with both Adon and Ilium, right? Because I think for a lot of the series, it feels like Ilium has always been like um, a warrior. He, you know, he's part of the seven and it's almost like, so, but we you really understand after reading this book, that um, that Aldon had just, you know, had a similar power level. Um, and yes, he's a great artist like Shireen, but also like Shireen, right? Because Shireen, while she was in her hummingbird phase, everyone had forgotten that she wasn't just an artist. Um, again, we are shown once again, like nobody is, no character is just one thing. Right, each and every single character is a complexity of 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 um, of things that make them who they are, right? And so Aladdin is this, you know, brilliant artist, but also is a warrior, is a member of Raphael Seven, is a friend, is a lover, is you know, not just this, like, static idea of, of him, um, and so it was just, 
reading all reading this book right um you get the sense that we are being shown right this new this new beginning because their relationship is new right and not their friendship that has always existed but the romantic relationship that they are beginning to embark on is brand new and I think that there was it may have I wondered as I read I wondered if their romantic relationship would have shown up much earlier had there not been um had Aldon not gone what he'd gone through had he not been kidnapped tortured bruised and all of that jazz like what how would their relationship have progressed if you didn't have you know um because i believe he's you know has almost like 200 years where he refuses to let anyone except like shireen touch him so you really don't you know you know what i mean like i was like oh okay because at seeing them in the past and seeing them present day, I was like, oh, no, I definitely see how this is happening. Um, and I think it's also because Audan mentions how, like, like he is slowly, or not slowly, but he's confronting and dealing with a lot of the fears left from, from that, you know, being held captive in the dark, all of that. And he mentions to Kier, the healer, you know, like, why is some of this coming back now? And Kier's like, because you're ready now. And I think that Aldon wouldn't have been ready for a romantic relationship before this book. And, and so it needed to happen at a time and a place where both characters were ready. And I think it needed to happen once Ilium could see that Aldon, while not being the man that he was before everything happened, um, Ilium needed to see that Aldon was in a place where he was no longer just, you know, um, surviving, right? I think we're starting to see that Aldon is thriving now. Or he's living. He's not just, like, alive. But he's actually living. Living life. You know, making, you know, showing up. Being present. Making the, you know, the conscious choice to participate in life. Um, and I think that he it gets angry with himself at times. Because he didn't, you know, he hadn't done that before. But I also am kind of like, oh, give yourself some slack, dude. Like, you went through some things that, whew were just whoa right and I also so this book we get their sort of romantic relationship really begins quite close to I want to say the end of the book like it's not something that starts off right at the beginning. I feel like 
the the moment when they really start to realize how they feel for each other is very much I I when I was reading I was like mm, this is about to be like how how much how many more pages do I have left because I feel like we don't have any more pages left um and so there it's not like there's no steam right you know we do have on page kissing but there is no on page sex um because I from what it where it ends it, it they're not at that moment yet. And I feel like some people were like, wow, our first male-male pairing and we don't get on-page sex. Like, what, what, are, what, is, what are you doing? But I also think that the way in which we get the story, any on-page sex would have been rushed and not true to the characters. Um, and I've since watched a bunch of um, words. <laughs> no, Sorry. I was like, what is the word? But instead of saying, what is the word? I just said words. So in short, it sounded like, instead, I've been watching a bunch of words. No, I've been watching a bunch of interviews since the book came out. And she, Nalini has made it very clear that this is just the beginning for Ilya Minaudan, meaning we are going to see them. Now, some people are, you know, like, oh, but only Raphael and Elena get multiple books. Everybody else just gets one book. But I'm like, I definitely, when I got to the end, I was like, oh, so we're getting another book that's going to be Ilya Minadon focused. Um, and a part of me wonders if that's the plan, right? We started this series with the first three books were Raphael and Elena because we needed all three of those books to really understand the relationship, to see it. Because the way that first book ends, it's like you're left with a bazillion questions. So I'm now wondering, is that what we're now going to see as we transition into the, you know, the post-war, post-Lijuan phase? Does that mean we are now going to see one, two, and possibly three books that are centered around Ilium and Audon with the other characters showing up because, you know, everyone is a part of the world and you know, they're back together because the book ends with them, you know, uh, when Ilium is arriving home from having, you know, finished helping Suyin in China. So I'm like, oh, so does that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that that would then means like the net, you know, book 15 and even book 16 are hopefully going to, or I mean, I'll take just book 15, but I would love 15 and 16 to be Ilium and Adon focused with us seeing cameos by everybody else with the focus being on these two and their relationship and what that looks like um because there's also you know the threat of Ilium ascending too soon um I think for a while it felt like, oh, that's because of that cascade. But once the cascade is done, but the power, his power levels are still, you know, a little freakishly high for his age. Um, and so there's that. And I, I, okay, onto things I loved. I loved that Adon was like, so I'm your second. Like, the, 
this position will never be open to nobody else because I am going to always be your second. Like, it don't matter what. Like, it's mine. It's mine. You're mine. It's mine. I'm yours. Like, I was like, yes, tell him. Tell him how you, you know, because we sure to start the book off with, like, Sugin has, you know, offered the position to Aodana. It's like, oh my god, is he going to take the position? Because if he does, he is no longer a member of the Seven, and, you know, all of that changes. Um, but then we get to the end of the book, and it's like, you know, when, when Aodan leaves the Seven, he will be leaving because Ilium has ascended, or Ilium is leaving, and they will be leaving together. Um, and I do think that because Ilium and Aodan have been so close to Raphael for so long, their their archangel relationship will be really, really close, right? Um, of course, they won't be able to be, you know, hang out in the way that they did because he will, you know, at whenever it happens, Ilium will have to take over whatever, you know, a specific territory and all that jazz. But it's going to be such an interesting, it's going to be such a close relationship in a way that no other archangels would have. Because I think that even with the amount of power that they both have, because of everything that Raphael and Ilium have gone through together, they won't ever, I feel like they won't ever allow themselves to get to place where it's just animosity and I think the people around them right won't let that happen Adam won't let that happen Elena won't let that happen Dimitri like it'll be if if it happens within the series it'll be so interesting to see um but yes I definitely was like okay I need obviously more but I wasn't mad because again I felt like we needed to understand so much about the two of them. Because, again, even though they've both been a part of the series for for most of it, there was so much we didn't know. Just like when, during Shireen's book, we learned so much about, you know, the hummingbird, about Shireen, about her past. We learned so much more. I felt like we had the bare bones about Ilium's past and almost nothing about Aradon's. And we, all of that gets opened up and fleshed out. Um, And then we also get to see, you know, the ways in which the people in their lives, right, interact with them, both in the past and in the present. Um, I absolutely love the scene with Kellyanne and Aodan when he's kind of like, I'm not sure why I'm feeling this way. And she so clearly lays out for him Something that I think up until that point he still hadn't really picked up on. The fact that every single person who had mattered to Ilium had left him. His father, his mother, his first, you know, love, and Aodan. And his mother and Aodan were never by choice, right? Those were things out of their control. His father was... And in some ways, his first love was. Because if Homegirl had just kept her mouth shut, there wouldn't have been no problems. But Homegirl needed to be mad loud about nothing. Which is why I remember in the first read, I was like, oh, why is one of her descendants around? I don't like it. 
I didn't like her. I like Adam was like this bitch. Um but this bit. Um but that kind of that kind of a history, right, is traumatic and and so when she spells it out like that, it's like, oh, of course Ilium is always trying to take care and be there for the people he loves, right? Because the people he loves always, you know, go away. And there's even a line, because I highlighted it, and um, it also made me, um, like, because uh, Ilium had sent out on care packages, and Aodan had seen it almost like, oh, you're trying to protect me, that's kind of suffocating. Then Ilium had stopped because Aodan had, you know, was kind of, you know, giving him the cold shoulder, just, like, not responding to him. So when Ilium has to stay in China because he'd been sent by Raphael to help Suyin, and Aodan has left because he doesn't take this, the role of second, and Suyin's new second needs time to settle into her role without people being confused. Aodan sends him a care package. And um, when he's looking at the care package, like there's cookies, and he ends up, he, he shares the cookies, and he it says, and he had what mattered most confirmation that Aodan hadn't forgotten him. Stupid how the fear haunted him. Or maybe it wasn't. His mother had forgotten him. And that, oh, I remember reading that and just being like, oh my God. Right, Kaya was, had her memories of him removed. And everyone I think in the mortal town had their memories of him removed. His father clearly didn't care enough about him to even be like, yo dude, I'm gonna go, you know, to the sleep sleep. And then his mother, right, when her mind had fractured, had done her best, but there had been moments where she had not been sure who he was. Um, and so this this fear of abandonment in him is is present. And I've, when it's laid out that way, it's like, well, of course it is, of course. Just like Adon, you know, is like, you know, evil can look like, you know, a damsel in distress. I'm like, what? Like, how do you reconcile that? For Ilium, it's like, people will forget me or walk away or not be in my life. And there's really not much, you know, I can do. And so there was just, I mean, it's a really well-written book, right? Again, I think that the ways in which Nalini really just the ways also in which she layers not layers but lays out the past because the way in which like you know you've got like chapter one is it said yesterday and I was like I started reading and I was like oh we're talking about the past right and so then it's like yesterday a month before today, today, um, I also thought that was, I thought it was really interesting in the way that the past was seen, like, yesterday, because, again, for these characters who are, you know, are, you know, um, immortal, and are living for such 
immense stretches of time, you know, two to three hundred years ago isn't that long ago, right? I mean, for mortals, aka humans, hell yeah, that's what? It's insane. But if you've been living for 900 years and you've got another, you know, 1,500, 2,000 to go, I mean, like, what is Dimitri? Like, a few thousand years old? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or no. Or is he only, like, a thousand years old? I feel like I don't even remember. Like, he's, you know what I mean? Like, Caliant and Shireen, like, we're talking, you know, so, so old Cassandra. <clears throat> so, for characters that live such lengthy lives, it definitely is like, yeah, the past, which might only be 347 years ago, it's kind of like yesterday. It's kind of like yesterday. Um, so there, this book, I think, you know, and also, okay, one more thing about the whole rebuilding. Aldon and Ilian's relationship was at this, like, critical point, right, where it could have gone either way. They could have figured out what was wrong and fixed it, or they could have just ignored it and allowed, you know, essentially an almost 500-year friendship to shatter and collapse and that is also speaking to what is happening in the rebuilding process right it is making the decisions of do we try and build rebuild something or do we go elsewhere and start fresh and start new in the case of Suyin and where she will for her citadel, she had to, you know, pick somewhere that had no traces of her of her aunt, because to have those traces would just mean building on the worst possible kind of a foundation. Whereas for Ilium and Aldon's relationship, the decision was made to have the difficult conversations. And then continue to build from there. Um, And, you know, and I feel like that more closely mirrors what is going on in New York, right? Rebuilding what what has collapsed and figuring out how to grow from, you know, the ruins or whatnot. Um, And I, and that then for me is like, okay, so does that mean the coming books are going to be about rebuilding, um, are going to be about how things look? Because, I mean, what, my next thought is, like, what are some of the future, potential future conflicts? Although, to be fair, like, I hadn't, I did not expect that we were going to, you know, come across Li Zhuang's, like, abandoned child in this book. Like, I was kind of like, what? Like, one more atrocious thing that, you know, demon spawn monster hoe bag is responsible for? I'm like, good lord. Um, 
So I, you know, I'm I can only speculate, and I'm sure when the book comes out, I'll be like, oh my god, I wasn't even thinking this, but I love it. Um, but yes, their relationship. I think that it just needed all of this because I. There was also like some. Uh, sorry to go back to what many points ago, but there were some people like, oh, it doesn't make sense that the two of them are together because like why wouldn't they have gotten together in this whole time? And I'm like, because they couldn't. Because Aladdin needed to leave survival mode to get to a place where he could be, you know, the best possible, to, where he could start to become the kind of partner that Alien needed and vice versa. And having gone through what he went through, which, oh my goodness. So, so so torturous in the sense that like all of it boils down to you know an angel and I um I believe were they both angels or was just the woman the angel and the guy was I think the guy was a vampire um she just wanted to possess him because he was so pretty and unique that's like what you would do such horrifying things to someone and apparently she would, you know, be like, you know, you will fall in love with me. And it's like, why would I fall in love with you? You are monstrous. Also, the the punishment very much reminded me of Caleb from the Side Changeling series. I was like, oh, Raphael, Caleb, I, I see I see it now. I see it. Um, and I, I, I did think it was interesting that, like, another thing was, like, Jason was like, there will, they will not be remembered. Everything that they've ever touched, worked on, their names will be stripped. Um, which, for for characters, you know, for these characters who live immortal lives, and who, you know, to 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 have no one remember you means, you know, isn't that the ultimate death? I mean, look at Coco, the Disney movie. If no one is remembering you, eventually you you die die in a way that you don't if there are people who remember you so for me personally back to um their relationship because of what Aldon went through and the immense amount of time it took to get past that it wouldn't have worked had it happened any sooner and in the 13 books, we never saw an Ilium that was actively interested in anybody else, right? Um, I could see that argument if we had had scenes of Ilium with a character that we could be like, but Ilium and this character had chemistry. That never happened. I can't ever think of there being any scenes where I'm like, oh... I think the only, like, new person he got close to was Elena, and that's, like, you know, friendship. But any other characters that you saw him interact with, no. Same thing for Adan. Both of them. And I think both of them wouldn't be able to trust another character in the way that they can trust each other, right? Like, the way in which they trust each other, it's 
in a way that we are certain that the sky is blue. Right? That up is up and down is down. And, you know, that gravity is an existence kind of thing. Like, that level of a bond, I don't think would... I think that if they were to have entered into relationships with other people, those relationships would falter because I don't think that they would be able to bond with that other person in the way that they've bonded with each other. Um, And the thing is, they've bonded with each other over an entire lifetime of shared moments, of shared understanding, shared accomplishments. Um, They've been there for each other through good, through bad, through horrific. And so seeing all of that history, all of the past and how it was so interlinked, I was like, oh, of course, of course, this was where it was going to go. And what I'm really excited about now is to see where it goes from here, right? What will their relationship grow into, evolve into? How will that impact the people in their lives? What does that mean for everyone around? Because I don't think anybody's going to begrudge them or be mad or be upset or whatever and nonsense. No. But it is going to change dynamics. And what, what is, you know, what's that going to look like? I'm very, very, very curious to see. Cannot, I cannot wait um, to see them again in the next book. Because it, they'll be there. I mean, obviously. Um, so, yeah. I really, I really, really enjoyed this book. And... It's definitely, I mean, I'm, I always end up rereading. Um, I'm sure I'll reread it before the next one comes out next year, just to prepare myself. Um, and I kind of wonder what will happen to Jin Hai. I mean, and also Su Yin. I'm like, will she end up with someone? Or will she, you know, be too focused on building to worry about finding or ending up with the consort and just all of the like what what is this landscape going to look like because they're still short on archangels right you know the world is still very slowly coming back together and so what does it mean what what is what will New York and the rest of the world look like? I don't know. But I cannot wait to find out. Cannot wait to find out. Okay, I think that's all I have for you in the spoiler section. A part of me is like, do I have more? Um, I don't think so. I mean, oh, I will say one thing that I thought was funny. Um, there is a scene with Suyin and Arodan where they talk about the fact that like people thought like there was gossip that the two of them would get together because they're so similar 
Um, and I think Aran even remembers having a conversation with his sister where she was called, mm, no. And then he was like, you know, plain speak, like, tell me what you think. And she's like, there's a reason you've been friends with, like, you know, an angel who's, like, hella wild for forever. Like, no, you and Suyin would not work. And that made me laugh because that almost felt like, um, like, it almost, f- like, felt like, Melina was like, I know you all thought that that was an experience, but really, like, nah, they way too similar. Um, but I can see, like, in this, you know, angelic world, like, oh my goodness, Suyin has ascended, uh, Aodon is helping her, they both have, like, she has white hair, his hair is, you know, diamond-like white almost, they're both artists, um, that would, you know, be such a perfect pairing and it's like but it wouldn't work because they're too similar and because they both have suffered such an unimaginable pain that they probably wouldn't balance each other out they would just drag each other downward into more pain if that makes sense so I just thought that that was like funny and I love that his sister was just like no no, that's wrong. Like, you know, even though we haven't seen much of her, she clearly, like, understands who her brother is. Um, So I was like, oh, that was funny. And I liked it. Um, But yes, that is all I've got for you guys. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, Gratitude Attitude is up next. So stick around. So... This was longer than I thought. Well, I mean, I should have known it was going to be long, but this was longer than I thought it was going to be. So anyway, for gratitude, attitude. Um, so one of the things that I'm really grateful for, um, one of my favorite artists, uh, Dermot Kennedy, was in New York, and he did a, he just, in conjunction with Music Cares, he decided he was going to busk on the street like anybody obviously could come and see him so he uh did it at Washington Square Park North and it was hard to see him because it was way more packed than I think he expected it to be which I'm just like sir sir you're very talented of course there were so many of us here um but regardless I did get to see a little bit of it and hear him um and it was just so so cool to be able to see that happen right here um, his birthday is actually tomorrow, today, whatever, the 13th. Um, so I thought it was so cool that, you know, he was, like, in New York two days before his birthday and was like, I'm going to come through and do, like, a charity busk. Everybody can, like, donate. Um, and it was absolutely wonderful. And I'm so grateful that I was here, was able to go and, like, participate. So that's uh, one thing. Second thing that I'm really grateful for this week um, oh, brain fart, oh, okay, sorry, brain was like, what, um, so, as y'all have noticed, I've been reading Lorraine Heath, um, so there had been another Lorraine Heath book that had been, like, in the library, and I was like, oh, let me borrow that, let me read that, um, and it was beyond, it's a very, very old Lorraine Heath. Um, it's not, this is not a current book by any stretch of the imaginations. It's called Parting Gifts. 
Um, it was released November 2010, but I believe that's like the ebook release. The actual book itself, I believe, is much older than that. Actually, I kind of want to look it up. Anyway, the reason why I'm saying oh that I'm really grateful for it was such a wonderful book. Like I had no idea what to expect because um, you know I literally I just was like. This cover kind of reminds me of the cover of Sweet Lullaby. And I actually, even though I cried like a baby, really, ooh, it's also published in 1994. Oh, then I'm wondering if this is the same publisher. Anyway, I really, really, really enjoyed the story. Um, It's a historical, it's set in Texas, but it was so well done. And... I think that it definitely, for me now, I'm like, oh, okay, this is an author that I now want to start going through her backlist. I, she has a lot of, like, obviously, you know, a lot of her historical now has a lot to do with, like, Dukes and, you know, the Regency, which I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, but I really want to try and read a lot of her um, historical set in the South, because so far, the two that I've read have been so well done. And, and four books I've read in 1994, I, th- I feel like they are still very, very good. So I was like, oh, yes. I'm so happy that I got to read a good book. Um, and I guess the third thing that I'm grateful for, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before, is the fact that we have um, all this fancy technology that allows us to do, like, video calls. Uh, My best friend recently had video call, well, first she'd sent me a video of uh, her son dancing um, to, we both have Spotify, so we created, uh, you can, with, you can invite other people, and it creates, like, a, um, a blended list of both of your, you know, both of what you were listening to and updates daily. So she'd first sent me a video of him, like, dancing to some of the songs. And then more recently, she was able to, you know, like, FaceTime me. And it's just so, I'm so grateful that I have the technology, I have the Wi-Fi, I have the fancy iPhone, that I'm able to, like, have that. I'm able to see him. Because we're not in the same country, so I can't just be like, oh, I want to, like, come over and hang out, or I want to babysit, or I I can't do any of those things, right? I have to, you know, know, I have to, like, make a plan to go visit, and, you know, of course, now there's a, a lot more to it. And so I'm just really, really grateful that we have this technology. I mean, science really should, like, work on teleportation next, but, uh, you know, in the meantime, thank you so much for this, um, technology that allows us to stay connected, um, in really, really nice ways, right, something that, bringing it back to the book, for a little while there, Ilium and Adon, Ilium and Adon weren't doing, um, but I feel like we're going to, in future books, uh, hear about them doing. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you so much for those of you who have, like, 
taken me up on my offer and actually DM me about the books, you have no idea how freaking excited I have gotten when I've seen like a DM from a listener being like, I've been listening and thank you for sharing your viewpoint. Like it is incredible. Like, um, and I saw someone like wrote an actual review on Apple podcasts and I was like screaming in my head because um, I was on the train. So I didn't like want to scare other people. Um, so I only did an internal scream, not an external scream. Um, <laughs> but just everyone, thank you so much for taking the time um, to check out the podcast and to listen. Um, and if you are enjoying it, and feel so inclined to leave a review or, you know, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. That is amazing. Thank you so much because it feels really cool. Uh, I I love talking about this stuff. I'm, I'm glad that I can, like, I don't know, bring some, like, I don't know, happiness and joy to others because that, that is awesome. So, Thank you so much. Um, and if you're like, oh, I, I too want to, um, it'll be in the show notes, but uh, it's at Melissa on Twitter and at S-E-M-V on Instagram. And I will talk to you guys uh, next time. I don't entirely know what book it'll be. It may be the Lorraine Heath. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm so sorry. It may not be, though. I may, like, you know. I also have this hankering to, like, reread some other Nalini Singh stuff, so it could be that. I'm not sure. But will it be a romance novel? <laughs> you betcha. You betcha it will. Oh, and sorry, totally forgot. Um, But when this comes out, when you're listening, check my Instagram soon I want to say at the by the end of the week uh around the 19th maybe 20th potentially um I was so I was lucky enough to record uh an episode with Kelly from Boobies and Newbies and I believe she said that it'll be out other than 19th, 20th. I'll post about it like when I know for sure the date on my Instagram and on Twitter um but you can listen to me talk about, like, we, we read a Christmas novella and, and we had lots of thoughts. Um, and you guys can let me know, like, what are your favorite Christmas, like, romances? Um, because I haven't really read a lot of them. Like, I just haven't really ever picked them up. But I kind of want to. I think the only one I, uh, actually, I have read both of the Tali Hibbert ones. And I've read the Dracula ones. Okay, maybe I've read more than I thought. I was like, I've read, like, none. And I'm like, wait, no, I've read more than I thought I had. But regardless, um, that'll be coming out soon. Um, So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And have a fantastic week. Um, And uh, read romance and find the joy in the everyday. Um, you know, even if it's just like eating gummy bears, which I may have a problem with. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye.